Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Should we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Hamish, not going to believe what I just saw. Go on. I saw a woman eat a chocolate freckle. Do you know what chocolate freckle is? Yeah, it's like a chocolate button with little bits Sprinkles on it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Off her kid's milkshake. She stole it off the top. It was the most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life. I almost gave her a high five. How'd she do it? 
The kid was there, about to reach and stick it in his mouth, and she popped it off the top and popped it in her own mouth. And he didn't realise? No, he totally realised. He was just like, yeah, got you, got your chocolate freckle. I was like watching Che Guevara or Garibaldi or something. It was like a revolution. (laughs) This did excite you. You've written about this moment (laughs) on all your social media platforms. Well, I know. I was... (laughs) I was totally in awe of this woman. It was like she was defending herself against motherhood. Okay. Yeah. Have you since tried to steal anything from your kids? Yeah, I was hula hooping after they'd gone to school yesterday (laughs) in the garden. I thought I'm going to cause a rebellion. I'm going to fight back. I want to eat the freckles, Hamish. I don't want to give them to my children. I don't want to have to give back all the bloody time. I just thought this woman is my hero now. See, somebody would also look at that situation as she stole from her child. But you're seeing the inspirational side of stealing from your child as like, yes, a score in the parents' tally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think we need to start stealing more freckles of our children. There we go. There's yeah. the quote. Yeah. <laughs> There's the trailer. Yeah. We need to start stealing the chocolate back. And you're talking about Garibaldi? Garibaldi? Yeah. What is that? Is that Biscuit? He's like Stalin, you know, he's one of those, you know, revolutionaries. In my head when he first said it, I was like, I was thinking, Garibaldi, 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 Galileo. He's a philosopher. You're thinking of um, Galileo. Yeah, I know. But he's he's an astronomer, I think, Galileo. Don't quote me on these things, though. (laughs) But I would like a biscuit, Hamish. Yes, please. Yeah, if there's one going. (laughs) Now, Ham and I listen to other podcasts, believe it or not. We don't just listen to our own. (laughs) On repeat. 90% of the time I do listen to ours. But we just want to really see how rubbish they are in comparison. Mm. But there is one that is even cleverer than ours. Smarter than us two dullards, you mean? Yeah, a little bit, I'm afraid. Believe it or not. I do keep quoting the Huberman Lab podcast. He's a bloody prodigy, that chap. Especially the episode in which he said that one glass of wine per week raises anxiety levels by 25%. I keep quoting it all the time, yeah. I also like the way you say Huberman. Huberman. I like it. And Amal Mahay and Dr. Huffer. Do you know that no. quote? Sounds it's, like you're having a stroke. Yeah, it's from the, anyone who's listening who knows the man with two brains will know what I'm talking about. Into the scum, scum queen. Anyway, it's that... <laughs> so many niche references. <laughs> I know. If that stat is correct, people who just drink a very small amount are getting massive fallout. Even if they don't know it, they might be blaming anxiety on work, on loved ones or a variety of other bothersome daily annoyances. But actually, it could just be that seemingly small amount of booze causing all the problemos. That episode, I recommend it before Sober Awkward. If someone comes to me and they're like, <laughs> don't I'm say thinking that. about going sober and like, what should I go? I go, well, start with this episode yep. and then come to our podcast. Like He has all the factual, scientific evidence. Yes. And then we've got sort of silly shit yeah. for hundreds of episodes. Silly backup shit. That's it. Yeah. But uh, we should meet him. I would like us to be put in the same room as him. He's actually in Brisbane in what? the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he's doing a talk. No, well, I'll email him. He is. Do you find his voice attractive? Yes. There's something very seductive about his, Even his for, voice yeah. for any anyone of any gender. I feel yes, like, yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's something very sexy about his yes, wisdom. Yes, he is sexy. My mind was blown when I heard that Hoopman Lab stat. No wonder you feel anxiety so much after binge drinking. If one glass of wine increases your panic levels by 25%, the whole time then if you have eight I'm guessing you'll be checking yourself into the psych unit and begging for some CBT or at least a couple of valleys to calm the farm 
calm the farm. Couple Excellent. of valleys to calm the farm. Ooh. It's a very throwaway yeah. use of the word valleys, isn't yeah. it? Oh, couple of valleys to calm the farm. Oh, you'll be right. It's, you'll be right. It's rain. Couple of valleys calm the farm. <laughs> You'd be amazed how many people have a couple of valleys, Hamish. It's very right. common. I guess that's another part of alcohol-induced anxiety, Hamish. Using other drugs to help you sleep after drinking, or to help lessen the mental turmoil, or bring you down from having a panic attack. But I think we'll have a chat about that later on in the show. All I know is, Hamish, is that my panic has been so bad over the years that I thought I was literally going mad. It's awful. I've written lots about it in my book. Anxiety really is a monster that can be very, very hard to tame. So today is about facts. How much alcohol causes you to feel anxious? Why does it do this to your brain? And what are the dangers of trying to numb out the mental torment? And Haim, I have another question about anxiety today. I often wonder, is it there to give you a message? Mm, Okay, this is interesting. What you think anxiety is trying to tell you something. Well, I had an interesting conversation with my boxing trainer, Nat, this week. And she said you had to hate yourself to get fit. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of a weird thing to say. I was shocked. I don't like that. No, I didn't understand the sentiment at first. But actually, I've worked out she's right. Sometimes things have to get bad before they get good. I had to get unhealthy before I decided to get fit. I had to get sad before I understood happiness. I had to get drunk for 25 years and get anxiety before it was so bad that I had to do something about it. So actually, I'm looking at that. It has to get bad to get good. For me, that's happened with everything Mm. in my life. Same with mothering. Like, I have to be a really shit parent before I go, you know, I have to steal a freckle. I don't know if I agree with this. Okay, interesting. I understand that it getting bad is a good motivator to get good. Yes. But I would say it doesn't have to, you don't have to get unfit to get fit. Well, this is the difference where we're coming from with drinking, isn't it? You have given up drinking before it got bad. Yes. I gave up when it got bad. And unfortunately for me, when I do things, I had to get fat before I get fit, things like that. So it's very different approach. And Mm -hmm. that works for me. I don't want it to get bad, but sometimes it does. And then I go, shit, I've got to do something about this. And it was the same with anxiety. So that's my theory. I know it's not Charles Darwin, Hamish. (laughs) All I have is my own experience here but I believe anxiety could be your conscious tapping you on the shoulder saying slow down reflect get help that's definitely what yes. it was for me I think you did I think do you write about this in your book saying how in a way you were grateful for your anxiety because yep. without it you would never have got sober absolutely which is interesting isn't it yes I am thankful and every time I get anxiety I know it's my body telling me something that I need to do something that possibly I need help mm-hmm yeah. The reason we want to talk about this today is because so many people suffer with anxiety, whether it's alcohol induced or not. It seems to be a modern affliction. Yeah, it sure does. Hopefully we can find out today what causes all this mental torment and what the best ways are to avoid an anxious life. So why did you choose this episode today? Well, it's my favourite topic. It is. This and what was it FOMO? Was it there was oh, another FOMO. One. Was it FOMO? Yeah. There was one that was Friendships. Like, friendships. Friendships and FOMO. That was your thing. Yes. It's slowly becoming more about you is what we've noticed. 
convincing. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah just generally make everything I about me. I will not be on a series nine of this. I'll be out. This will just be you. You're, you're taking inspiration from Hoobman. It's for you talking to yourself for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's why I have problems with friendships. Because I just sit there talking about myself for hours yeah. when I meet people. Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> we have covered anxiety before yeah. um, with Lucy. And in fact, the next couple of episodes, I think the next one after this is about being boring. These are topics that we cover in Sober Awkward repeatedly because they come up so often and they're so important to us. And this topic of anxiety affects so many people. I always want to find out more about it because I want to understand it. It's why I gave up drinking and it's why I will never go back. I was talking about anxiety again with someone the other day and I know that every time I have it, it's my body crying out for help. The first time I got anxiety was when I took drugs and I got help to stop that. The second time was with alcohol. The third time was when my son was very poorly and nearly choked to death. I got a therapist. And the fourth time was recently when I've realised I'm not looking forward to things. I always get help when I get anxiety, which has in turn forced me to grow as a person. Not a very smart person like Huberman, but an okay human. Have you ever felt anxious, Hamish? I am actually one of the very lucky ones. I feel anxious about specific things in my life that it's normal to feel anxious about. Mm -hmm. So exams or the breakdown of a relationship or money issues, all those sorts of things. But I imagine that what anxiety really is, is feeling anxious over nothing really in particular. Mm. I don't know what the exact definition is, but I would assume kind of like depression, you're not just feeling down and it's not something that has triggered it. You're just feeling down for no real reason. Yeah. Um, so I can't say that it's something I have suffered from or have ever required help for, but I guess I wasn't drinking to the same levels that you were. So maybe those two things are connected. Maybe I just got lucky in my, in my makeup or in my upbringing or in my support systems that I've never really suffered from it to a point mm. where I'm worried. We spoke to Jean McCarthy recently. She was the host of the Bubble Hour podcast. She's written books. She was the first ever podcast that you listen to. She's a big blogger in, in the sobriety world. She's from Canada. And she spoke about this idea of having, I think the word she used was recovery capital. So when you come to a day when you want to go sober, what things do you have in place already, such as a supportive relationship or group of friends or mental health or whatever, that effectively give you capital that give you a good start in going sober. Yeah. And I think I was rich in that. I'm very not rich, but I was rich in that kind of capital the day I went sober, mm. which is perhaps helped me stay sober. And I think anxiety and me not having suffered it from, from it in the past was probably part of that. And I think that's also why I tend to get over things and get help for them and have support is because I am rich in capital as mm -hmm. well, recovery capital. I've got a very supportive husband. I've got a lovely family who all are always there to back me up. And I think that's really a really good point to say with anxiety. Sometimes people who have anxiety don't have a lot of recovery capital, mm -hmm. which can actually lead them back into drinking. It's such a fascinating topic that I really loved Jean's way of describing having that support system around you when you give up drinking we'll share that episode with you soon um funny enough hamish more women report experiencing high levels of anxiety than men in 22 to 23 an average of 37.1 percent of women and 29.9 percent of men reported high levels of anxiety i mean that's not a massive difference is it no, those are big numbers though. yeah compared to data from 2012 and 2015 this has increased significantly from 21.8 percent of women and 18.3% of men reporting high levels of anxiety. Those are 
big numbers. I would not know that one in three men and women, or more than one in three women, experience anxiety. High levels of anxiety. I would say I hardly know anyone who doesn't have anxiety high nowadays. High levels. Yeah. Most people I know have high levels of anxiety. If they were going to sit down and tell you exactly how they're feeling from day to day, mm. I think some people's anxiety has become so ingrained that they think that's how you have to live right. and they don't even know they have it. Mm-hmm. Why do we think more people have anxiety nowadays then, Vic? I think there's so many reasons. I think internet scrolling doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, that is something that makes us anxious without us even realising. I pretend that I sort of do it to relax. I sort of go yeah. to bed and have a bit of scrolls. Oh, you know, I'm just having a bit of a relax now. A bit of a brain dead moment. Yeah, but actually yeah. your brain is buzzing when you're looking at your mm. phone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're looking for like that hit. It is like a drug. I told you that I've stopped doing it. Yes, you've got... so good now. I know I only go on social media... If I need to put a post on for us, I'll do yeah. a post and I turn it off. And just standing up, because that's what we learned from someone. No, I haven't it? done that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, standing up in your bedroom. Yes, um, I need to do but that. Not having the phone in your room. I did that for a while. I'm now falling back into it. But the idea of just going on, posting, coming off, yes. and not scrolling at all, yes. game changer for me. Yeah, it's good. I think that causes a comparison of lives. Yeah. It's like a modern version of keeping up with the Joneses, isn't mm-hmm. it? Seeing people with fast cars on the internet and people in, you know, with their BMWs and their beautiful hotels in Dubai yeah, yeah, yeah. and these amazing holidays. Mm. It can make you feel a bit less than if that's what you're looking For at sure. all day. And you feel like maybe, oh, well, I'm not a success and I'm not achieving what everyone else is. And it could send you into a real mindfuck, that sort For of sure. thing. Also money, there's cost of living stress now. Everything is so expensive. So of course that is going to cause anxiety. Expectations from peers, something I suffer with Hamish, which causes a lot of my anxiety mm-hmm. socially, feeling that you want to fit in, all of those things that we experience in early sobriety. COVID I put into here and I okay. wonder if those stats are between 2015 and 2022, which COVID happened yeah. in that time. I think people got very used to being at home, getting used to their own company and going out into the world again has been hard for some people, mm-hmm. causing them some social anxiety probably, perhaps causing them to drink more. Also shyness and being an introvert, I guess that's where alcohol steps into. One of the main reasons that people seem to have more anxiety than ever is just perhaps because we talk about it more. The topic is less taboo and people are more likely than ever to get help for it which is great news when I had anxiety very very when I was young when I had that drug overdose in my early 20s I remember searching Yahoo for help oh you didn't ask Jeeves no and asked Jeeves and I couldn't find anything on anxiety what did you actually type in I what think is I, anxiety or do yeah, I have what anxiety? is anxiety? Yeah. Do is there such a thing as an ecstasy overdose? Because I didn't mm. know if I didn't know anyone had ever done that before, and it all it came back with was people that had anxiety before going on stage or before doing public speaking or something mm. like that. It was never just having anxiety for no reason. Yeah. Nothing was happening in my life. I'd be sitting at home having panic attacks, mm. and I couldn't find anything on it. So the good news is. There is loads on it now. I follow loads of anxiety. Funny thing is, I scroll through a lot of anxiety pages on Instagram with amazing quotes and stuff. So it has its ups and its downs, the internet, doesn't it, Hamish? Why do you think that more people have it now? So I have a theory on this as well. Not quite Charles Darwin like yours. um, But basically, I don't think we're designed to know as much as we know. Excellent. So in one morning, you can turn on the news. You can watch terrible footage from two different wars at the moment. 
content. Then you can hop on your phone while sitting on the loo. You can compare yourself to your friends and celebrities that are the other side of the world. And I wonder if we all lived in small tribes or villages or a cult like you like, if anxiety would be much less of an issue. Hmm. At the same time, I imagine that it's always been around, but our generation's ability to talk about it more than it's ever been talked about probably makes it seem as if anxiety levels like since 2015 with your stat have shot up actually i reckon they've probably always been around that mark i'm mm. sure the internet i think and world news and all that has made it worse but i reckon it's always been bad and actually us talking about it and the numbers going up is probably a good thing mm. i wonder if it's about choices like now we have so many choices mm-hmm. where to live our jobs our careers where are we going to go on holiday all of these like privileged ideas that we have we have choices about so many things it's almost too much to bear yeah. imagine in you know medieval days you didn't you just looked for your food you just looked for shelter everything was so simplified then like i dream of just sitting on a beach and thinking about food and shelter mm. and nothing else like that would get rid of all of my anxiety i guess that's why i look forward to holiday days so much is because I take a break from the internet I don't watch the news I just read books mm. and all I have to worry about is where I'm going to sleep that night yeah so that takes everything away so maybe we need to get back to that a little Possibly. bit more but yeah. imagine the anxiety of having to find your food and not being able to find it yeah yeah to quote another great podcast given that this is the theme of this episode is yes. to get you to pause ours and go listen to someone else yeah um Mo Gordat. you know Mo Gordat? yeah another man with a beautiful voice mm. Egyptian accent he is the man that wrote Soul for Happy. Yeah. And he says he no longer watches the news. You know, it's good to not be naive, but me watching footage of a war with something that I can't help mm. can only make me unhappy. So now he does not watch it at all. And before going to bed every night, he watches Michael McIntyre. He goes, I've been watching Michael McIntyre for the last 14 years before going to bed. And now I haven't had a nightmare in 14 years. I go to bed laughing. That's interesting. Simple as that. Yeah, I need to do that because part of me thinks I have to watch the news Mm. and I do it every day. Right. And I punish myself. It's like a sort of self-torture to I feel like I need to know what's going on in the world and I come away feeling depressed. Like there's horrible people all Mm. over the place and what's the point and what's going on and I feel absolutely traumatised and I do it to myself all the time. Like I don't know why we feel like... In those days that we're talking about in the caveman days, they didn't know, they didn't need to know what the Kardashians were having for breakfast. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental health condition. About 30% of people have one at some point during their lives. There are actually loads of types of anxiety, which I didn't realise. One of them is agoraphobia, not wanting to leave the house, also called sobriety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've had that once. Once for five years? No, once for about a year. <laughs> Didn't leave the house. Is that was, I was your first scared. year. Yeah, that was when I had that really bad anxiety. Yeah, in my early twenties. Oh, when you moved up back with your mum and dad. Yes. What were you scared of? I was scared of trying to be the person that people wanted to, me to be if I went out. Right. So I just knew I couldn't be that person anymore. Mm. So therefore, I felt like I was going to disappoint everyone. So I didn't want to leave the house. I just wanted to stay at home until I tried to get better. I couldn't face the world. And it took a whole year. Well, I think I stay. I did. I did manage to go out, but it was not. It was like the front door was my nemesis yeah, for a year. That's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And when you did go out, did you socialise, or were you just going out to go for a walk around the block? I did socialise, but I wasn't 
there. I was yeah. just watching people's mouths. I felt like I couldn't get my words out. My anxiety was so bad that I, you know, my toes were curled in my shoes 24-7. Mm. I couldn't speak because I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth. I could sort of see people's pulses in their necks. I was mm. super aware of everything. It was really intense, my anxiety. I felt like there was a wave crashing over me the whole time, that there was a monster spinning around in my head. Oh. I do really go into this in my book. If anyone's ever had yeah. anxiety, like I know how you feel. It is totally overwhelming you do you feel like you're going completely insane mm. and agoraphobia is a definite side effect of that did anything help was it just time just a year passed and you felt stronger i tried everything in that time i tried to go out i tried to act normal i tried medication i tried therapy i tried uh, reiki i mm. tried acupuncture i was just willing to try anything to help myself to and get better helped? medication helped me in the end yeah it's the only thing that got me better Cognitive behavioural therapy and medication. That is what helped me. So I know now, even though I do get anxiety, that also I do get better. Yeah. Yeah. Another one is generalised anxiety disorder. So that includes persistent and excessive anxiety and worry about activities or events, even ordinary routine issues. Panic attacks. Episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety could be caused by childhood trauma, can be triggered by sights, smells or flashbacks. That's what I had. The separation anxiety, that's related to separation from parents or others who have been parental roles or people you, you, you love. Social anxiety, fear and avoidance of social situations. Another popular one in the sobriety world. <laughs> yeah. um, phobias that cause anxiety, like wooden spoon fear. Is I that one? Yes, I had a friend who was scared oh, of buttons and wooden spoons. Okay, the buttons one I saw. Do you remember the TV show Don't Try This at Home? Yeah. And within that show, they had a segment called Face Your Phobia. Yeah. And I've never forgotten it. It was a guy or a girl who was terrified of buttons and she had to walk into this glass box in a TV <laughs> studio. And there was a man in there wearing a cloak of buttons and they had to stroke the cloak and some of the buttons weren't quite, you know, um, Are you sure tied. that wasn't a dream? No, I've never <laughs> forgotten that episode. Because usually it's facial phobia. People go in, in that glass box of a spider. Right. But this one was... Buttons. buttons. Because some of them, you know, if they're dangling off a little bit, they're not um, sewed tightly on. Yeah. That was, he hated it. Or that, I can't remember it was a girl. That's yeah, so terrifying. strange, isn't it? You any weird fears? Or just the standard spider, snake, shark, crocodile, cockroach... I have to have a think about that yeah. one, Amish. Yeah. I think you might have Wait something weird. I can see you having something weird. Camping. Yeah. That is a fear. It's a phobia. Is it a phobia? Yeah. Camperphobia. It's beyond dislike. Yeah, camperphobia. Yeah, you're, not you're camperphobic. What about you? I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything weird that I am afraid of. I'm terrified of heights. Are you scared of your own penis? But, uh, heights, but heights and just huge things. So I suppose, <laughs> yeah, in a way. In a way, my penis. I'm sure it was bigger than that. <laughs> Hang on, it gets bigger. <laughs> I'm scared of my own penis. <laughs> oh, that's giving me a panic attack now. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life, from the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Back to anxiety. Ha ha ha. Back to anxiety and substance induced anxiety disorder. Okay. Which, of course, we're going to focus on in this episode. Substance induced anxiety disorder. We haven't made it easy for ourselves. No, sorry. That's a mouthful. It's a condition that is similar to other anxiety disorders. You could find yourself feeling very worried, nervous, and shaky. The difference is that this condition develops as a result of substance abuse. Perhaps you normally find yourself feeling calm with very low anxiety symptoms. Then you use a certain drug or drink and feel extremely anxious. The anxiety could come during intoxication or when the substance is leaving your body. After the effects wear off, you feel calm again. This is an example of substance-induced anxiety disorder. What was it for you, Vic? When the drugs wore off, I started having it more and more then drank to get rid of it. It caused a very dysfunctional cycle for me. So I would get pissed, have anxiety for two days, be in recovery for three days, get pissed again, and the same thing. I'd have huge anxiety every single time I drank, but drinking was so ingrained in me that I never, ever considered stopping because I just thought, I'm going to get over this anxiety. I never just thought, well, this is what's causing Mm. it. I needed someone to come and bash me on the head and go, it's the alcohol that's causing (laughs) the anxiety. Did you have it even before you had kids? Because when you have kids, obviously there's this responsibility and these consequences to being hungover. Mm. Did you have it even before that or did it just ramp up? It ramped up. I had it before in my early 20s. Then that stopped. Then I managed to drink for another 10 years without anxiety because I was traveling, just didn't have any responsibilities at all. Mm. And then it kicked in again after having my children. It cranked up massively because I had that crying baby in the room next to me and wasn't capable of looking after him. Mm. I had a consequence for the first time ever. And of course, that made me have huge anxiety. And for me, once I think about having anxiety, it ramps up even 
even more. Oh, yeah. I'm like, have I got it? Have I got it? Yeah, yeah. I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. And it just makes it even it's worse. It's like worrying about not falling asleep. Yes. And then you can't fall it's asleep. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. That I can relate to. Yeah. I guess that's why some people believe alcohol makes them feel better because actually they're just numbing out anxiety. Mm. So you're sort of creating it. That first glass of wine it's making you feel anxious that's mm-hmm. what William Porter told us it will make you feel anxious so therefore you have to numb the anxiety so you go for a second glass yeah. of wine and you keep doing that until you're hungover and you've got anxiety again anxiety alcohol and anxiety all of these words they relate to me so hugely mm. this is my life was creating anxiety and trying to get rid of it for years and years I cannot believe I didn't stop drinking earlier to be quite honest I think it was the alcohol was calming my anxiety symptoms so I just thought well this and causing it but this is the one thing that makes me feel better so I'm going to continue doing it Mm. it's really a scary cycle to get yourself stuck in interesting that it is as simple as that or it was as simple as that for you anyway yeah it was really simple uh, alcohol causes it alcohol gets rid of it and I can't see that getting rid of alcohol gets rid of it. But that's how ingrained it was in me. That's mm. the scary thing about a cultural problem is that everyone's doing it. So therefore I thought, well, if everyone's doing it, surely I've got to keep on doing it. So I've got to get better. So I tried, you know, waters between wines, mm. all of those tricks of the trade to try and get rid of the anxiety. But I always drank too yeah. much. Well, that interesting it. that you got on top of it for 10 years. Like It worked for you for 10 years before you had kids. And it's just that, I guess, yeah, traveling and having zero responsibility and zero things yeah. to do the next day. I wouldn't say it worked for me. I was still a stumbling, dribbling oh, mess. Oh, yeah, still a complete mess, but yes. you weren't getting the anxiety to the same levels. Well, I think I was just drinking the next day. Oh, I didn't have okay. it. I was traveling. So I was like, oh, I've got a little bit of anxiety. I'm hungover. I feel like shit. Where's the party? Mm. So that cured it. What do you reckon, Hamish? Why does alcohol cause anxiety? Well, the obvious one is bad behavior, isn't it? I think Mm. most of us did our worst things when we were drinking. So then you've got that whole lying in bed the day after going, what did I do last night? I think that's probably the most common form of anxiety and alcohol that I could think of. Um, I also remember there's this saying, which was that drinking is just spending some of tomorrow's fun today. (laughs) Has anyone ever said that to you? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah. So you have the greatest night of your life. Yeah, you're spending your happy coins. That's it, spending your happy coins. Yeah. So the next day is an absolute shocker. And I would say easily, other than... I've had three bouts of food poisoning in my life. Mm. Those are pretty bad. So is it outside of food poisoning, easily the worst that I've ever felt has been hangovers. Yes, me too. Like that, you know, like bent over double, like with a duvet on, crawling to the bathroom or to the fridge. Trigger warning. All of that that feeling. I'm so glad I don't have that feeling anymore. Gosh, me too. Like trying trying to reach to your bedside table, see if you've got a glass of water, having a sip and it's vodka yeah. or a bit warm beer <laughs> those things i'm so happy i don't feel anymore yeah me too. Easily, easily the worst i've ever felt yeah have been those hangovers. not then, every hangover for me but some of them and they were long days weren't they yeah the longest days also, it just I, seemed to go on forever i can remember part of me looking forward to hangover days when i was drinking mm. during the night like tomorrow i'm gonna do nothing i'm gonna yeah. lie on the sofa yeah. i'm gonna order a pizza i'm gonna eat a tub of ice cream i'm gonna watch a full series of netflix sounds amazing yeah but you forget 
but you've the headache so bad yeah. that watching a screen is painful yes. eating anything is impossible yeah. sometimes yeah. so yeah you sort of I can remember dreaming about hungover days actually I was just dreaming about lazy days inside yeah. it wasn't the hungover days <laughs> that's funny oh yeah I also have this this other theory which I think the knock-on effect of of a hangover for example is a bad diet a lack of sleep a lack of motivation as a result of, of your dopamine deficiency therefore lack of exercise and a loss of physical shape and I think all of those on their own would lead to issues with your mental health and could lead to anxiety but the combination of pretty much hitting every single one of those yeah. when you're hungover it's almost inevitable that you're going to feel anxious or, or have a bad mental health day yeah. because all of those things are shockers for your mental health and all of them happen at the same time when you're hungover totally agree was there a stage in your life Hamish where you had funny hangovers like in my uh, very early late teens early 20s I used to sort of giggle a lot and yeah. if you were with your mates it was kind of funny we used to have the fart machine did I tell you about this no. so when we were hungover you used to have the fart machine and it was like a remote control fart machine and we'd put the telly on and we'd all be sat on the couches with our quilts on us mm. with a can of LucasAid like shivering feeling like shit but then we'd pass the remote control over and we'd watch something like One Man and His Dog mm -hmm. or The Antiques Roadshow mm. and you had to beep the remote control when someone bent over oh, or if good. there was a dog running yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we re actually did enjoy hangovers on those days that we had the fart yes. machine because it's, we would just laugh all day. I do. I agree. I think sometimes they can be good. I do think it's if lots of you are in the same situation. Yeah. I think actually it's probably more lack of sleep than hangover. Yes, if yeah. you're feeling a bit weird. Yes, weird. Then it's particularly like the, the morning after a 21st or an 18th or a yeah. wedding and you're all still there. Then I've had I've had some funny ones, but I don't have the funny ones out no. That's way the bad ones. I and think the funny ones aren't as funny as the bad ones are bad. No. And I think that we didn't really know there was such a thing as anxiety until it arrived sort of mid-twenties when you started to get really, really drunk and yeah. really fucked up. Did you, did you get that mindset when you're like, I'm not going to let the hangover win? Always. I can remember that, but like, I'm that. going to get out and go for a run. If I lie in bed all day, it'll be worse. That was a story I used to tell myself quite a lot. Yeah. You force yourself out. Oh, look, I'm functional. Yeah. Everything's okay. I haven't drunk too much last night. I'm going for a run. Yeah. But you know, my hangover goal, do you remember it? Go on. To smoke a cigarette. That was your goal. That was my goal. So Because that's proving you feel okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that is. Not go for a run. Mine was, I'm going to get through this day so I can smoke a cigarette by 5pm. Wow. Oh, that's how ill that I was. That was the lack yeah. of motivation that's I was talking about. Yeah, I, I definitely ticked all those boxes, Hamish. Yeah, mine too. I mean, it was shame. A lot of it, my anxiety was shame over yeah. my behaviour. I've written here, loss of memory was my main one because I had a fear of what was forgotten. Yeah, so filling in the gaps in your mind. I was... had no idea mm. what I'd done most mm. times. So that fear the next day, that anxiety was like, oh my God, I hope I don't get a text from anyone because I've got no idea what I did, mm. who I kissed, who I slept with, what, you know, what the hell was I bloody well doing? Um, my anxiety, I think, was also caused when I imbibed alcohol, Hamish, my mental health took a dip mm. and it set something off in my brain. It made me feel wobbly the next day. I don't know what is in alcohol. I guess it's the depressant mm. that made me feel wobbly, but there was definitely an element of mental health issues when I was hungover. I felt like my brain wasn't working properly. With the anxiety, I knew it was coming the next day. So like you're saying, you right. kind of look forward to a hangover. I knew 
that anxiety was coming the next day, which actually made me drink more the night before because I was so scared of it that I didn't even want to think about it because I knew I would create it. So therefore, even the thought of it, I was numbing out, which created it even more. There comes the cycle again. I mean, it's crazy. I have so many questions about anxiety, Hamish. And luckily... You've been the brain doctor this week, haven't you? How worrying. Yep, it is worrying. (laughs) Aside from the humiliation of waking up next to a stranger with a saveloy in my top pocket, Hamish, as we say in the intro, I'm wondering if having any predisposed tendency for being anxious would make you generally more anxious or whether it's just the alcohol. What I'm really asking is, Hamish, is alcohol actually the cause of hangover anxiety? Okay, so drinking alcohol dumps a flood of dopamine into the pleasure centre of the brain. The feel-good chemical swirls around your head, but the rush only lasts for a short while. When the dopamine levels dip back down, those feelings of anxiety rebound. Okay, so it is. Yes. It is. Okay, that's, that is it. I should have said yes. Yeah, just say yes. We you didn't need to make this episode much shorter. Stuff. Yes, dopamine, yes. So how does alcohol actually boost anxiety levels? I like how you've written this. This is making me sound like Hoofman. Okay. I know. So heavy drinking produces physiological changes in the brain. When you're drinking, there's an influx of the GABA, the gamma aminobutric Don't worry about that. does not stumble on words like that. No. Which causes you to feel relaxed and calm. When you stop drinking, you have withdrawal symptoms. Your body gets used to that crutch to feel calm. Take it away and anxiety often follows. Add interrupted sleep into the mix, which often happens when people drink to excess. And feelings of depression and anxiety can get even worse. Oh, I just, oh, I just love reading this, Hamish, because we're all like, oh, the fun drug. Yay, let's yeah. all go out and get drunk. Yeah, it's so fun. But we're not telling the other side of the story. Absolutely. This is this is the other side of the coin, isn't it, Ham? That'd be a good name for a podcast about sobriety. Yeah. The other side of the coin. Yeah, we're telling the truth here. This is actually yeah. what's going on with your brain. Who is most likely to develop anxiety? So, people who suffer from depression and anxiety are more likely to experience anxious feelings after drinking. That's sort of self-explanatory. Though alcohol can suppress anxious feelings while a person is imbibing, the rebound effect can be far worse than their baseline level of anxiety. Mm. Unfortunately, those uncomfortable emotions can drive people straight back to the culprit, which is, of course, alcohol. So, there withineth lieth the problemeth, Hamish. Yes, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's stop and have a quick chat about people turning to other drugs to treat anxiety i just wanted to add this in here because i actually hear a lot about this Mm. i know lots of people who start taking other drugs when they come off booze not illegal ones so much or marijuana or acid or anything like that but sleeping pills and valium and xanax um i had a little bout of taking xanax when i lived in asia for a bit Mm. i started to get a little bit anxious here and there and somebody said oh here take this it'll help you calm down and i got into a bit of a a pattern of every time i drank instead of dealing with the hangover taking xanax to make myself kind of numb the panic out that was a slippery slope for me for somebody who already did that work at the start and then get bad what was your experience of it it was working Mm. for me because I just felt completely off my head, yeah. off my tits on drugs instead of feeling hungover. Yeah. And I nipped it in the bud because I thought... You realised. I realised this is not going to be good for someone like me. Yeah. Yeah, I was aware that being off my head on another drug wasn't going to help mm-hmm. anyone. 
I think sometimes people take other drugs because really the deep-rooted reasons why they drank in the first place has probably not been dealt with. Yeah. So you're still trying to numb out there. People get so used to taking things to change their state of mind, even just with tiredness, and that can end you up with a different problem, swapping the bitch for the witch, as they say in AA. I think you have to treat all of this, the cause, the deep-rooted issues that are feeding the anxiety. Any form of reliance on something that takes you out of your natural state could possibly be harmful. That's why we always recommend therapy when giving up alcohol or any other drug. Are you including doctors' prescriptions in that, though, Vic? No, I don't think I am. Doctors see this every day. They see people with anxiety due to substance abuse. And I think going to see your doctor is probably always a good first port of call. The only thing that made me better from panic attacks when I first had them was giving up booze, of course. Um, and then depression medication actually home. It levelled out my anxiety. I think shoving sleeping pills down your neck for the foreseeable future rather than getting help is really probably quite harmful. You need to look at why you're not sleeping first and foremost. Ask yourself really what's going on. What do you think, Hamish? Do you think taking anything that's not been subscribed by a doctor as someone with a past addiction problems could be an issue? Subscribed by a doctor. Prescribed. Oh, I like the idea of subscribed. Sub like always and subscribe. Always give likes and subscribes. Dr. Morrison, like yeah. and subscribe. So I'm someone who generally trusts doctors. So my first port of call would be to seek a medical professional if I was in this situation. Um, but obviously if they aren't working for you, I would 100% give something else a go. Yeah. I've been blown away by some of the lessons I've learned in my recent course about how working on some something as simple as your breath can have amazing effects that years of prescription drugs didn't help with. Yep. Lots of people have stories like that. Yes, yeah, so alternative medications yes. or alternative Not therapies. valleys and zannies and yeah. marijuana and acid. Yep. Um, but there's a lot out there which isn't necessarily doctor prescribed but could help breath work being just one of millions. So I guess it's important to be open to anything and really just try everything until something works. That's totally always agree my with approach. You. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking at long-term wins here. Not I slept better last night because I took a sleeping pill the size of a Maryland cookie. Oh, Maryland cookie. There's a lot of biscuit talk in yeah. this episode, Hamish. Well, it's because I, I, I spoke to someone recently who said they saw uh, a pill so hmm. big they had to cut it with a knife and fork. God, what was it for? It was ecstasy. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not in the game anymore, but that is that is too much for me. Not a double dove, I hope. No. I'll be a triple dove that size. So how do doctors treat anxiety, Vic? I just want to say here, we're telling you this as like a a kind of guide as what you should do yep. if you've got anxiety. This is, this is what I did. Give up alcohol. Yes. First step. Yeah. Then go see a therapist. Then go see a doctor and get some sort of prescription. Then explore other beans that are legal and might help. Yeah. It's a lot. This is good. It is. It's good, this isn't is it? This is what you should do. Yeah. It's all right, isn't <laughs> I it? I can say so myself. Yeah, well done. There are a number of effective treatments available, not just for depression and anxiety, but also for alcohol use disorder. Your doctor may suggest a variety of therapies ranging from cognitive behavioural therapy and psychotherapy to prescription medication. Or it could be boxing, lots of walking, or some more woo-woo shit. Listen to our spiritual episode. There's lots of hips on there. Exactly what um, Hamish said, breathworks or ice baths or anything. Um, there are so many options, whatever works. Before you do anything, go see your doctor and get some advice. You might be questioning your anxiety at home right now, listening to this. For me, my anxiety was an alarm bell telling me that I had a booze issue. It was loud and clear. If you're using alcohol to soothe anxiety... 
that is a red flag and it can become a vicious cycle. You drink, you get anxious and you drink more to relieve that anxiety. That's where the trouble starts and continues. Over time, you become dependent on alcohol to function in your daily life. So, Haim, can one glass of wine really make you feel anxious? Well, as we said before, small amounts of alcohol can stimulate GABA. I'm not going to say what GABA is. So therefore, yes, any amount of alcohol will be having impact on your body. Even if you moderate, you'll be more likely to suffer from anxiety issues long term compared to someone that has no alcohol in their system at all. So you might be thinking, well, how come some people don't get anxiety after drinking then, Vic? Well, figures show that they do, but often they just drink the symptoms away. You're so used to feeling like that that you don't even know that you're anxious. Eventually it will build up and it will surface in the form of a mental health issue or anxiety. It's scary. So you heard it here. Any consumption of booze will heighten your anxiety levels. It might be a little bit. It might be loads. I tried to get some solid stats on this, like Huberman. But all I found was this, Hamish. Here are some of the highlights, Ham. Okay, go on. Don't drink dark-coloured drinks like rum. Choose vodka instead. Interesting. <laughs> Yay! Did they have any science to back this up? Or no, just... it's just sure. a weird article that I found. Avoid sugary drinks. Actually, that's probably quite a good tip. Yeah, okay. Don't drink, but I do still avoid sugary drinks. Yep. Take less amount of money with you or drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Count how many drinks you've had. I mean, I could never remember after five anyway, so no, that was pointless. No. Avoid drinking games and eat a large portion of chips before you go out. That sounds lovely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not so bad, actually, that one. So that was the only thing I could find on alcohol and anxiety was how to continue drinking. And these are the tips that to lessen yeah. your anxiety the next day. It wasn't a single article. I couldn't find anything. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So there is help out there in other places. You've just got to really search it out and avoid that article is my advice. Yes. We recommend you put some effort in. Tune into what your body's telling you and seek out the support you deserve. Basically, we're always going to give you the same message in this podcast. Give your body and brain a break. Stop drinking completely. If you need help with this, then so be it. This way you give yourself a much higher chance of never having anxiety again or waking up with that stranger and that savloy too actually Hamish are you hungry I think I kept a savloy in the freezer how long has it been in there not long oh yeah. you recently slept with someone and woke up with savloy but it wasn't John I didn't sleep John. with someone I just have savloys oh okay yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you admitting no, on the podcast every time I sleep with my husband I buy savloys yeah I go to the shops whatever turns them on you gotta <laughs> yeah. do what you gotta do you've been married oh. a long time I know you do like a big sausage in the evening so Hamish <laughs> I just want to end by saying I love this topic, Hamish, because anxiety is such a massive part of my life and I love talking about it. So if anyone wants to send us your anxiety story or has any tips about how they've dealt with anxiety or just wants to talk about it, you can actually now go onto our speak pipe. If you go onto our website, which is soberawkward.com, you just click the speak pipe on the right-hand side of the screen and you can leave us a voicemail and tell us about your experience and about how you've overcome your anxieties i know that the answer is often going to be i gave up alcohol and that's Mm. what we're always going to recommend you do however you do it yes so if you're not good at email vic and hamish at soberawkward.com leave us a voicemail we can even play it on the podcast yes we can play it to be played with with your permission leave your name and address or just tell us a joke no don't leave your address because hamish will probably pop in i'll I'll turn hello it's me again i can't promise i won't turn up Or you could just tell us a joke if you just want to use the speak pipe for your own for your own means. We'll take that. Don't say anything horrible on the speak pipe. Oh, don't though, insult us. Because that definitely will make me anxious. Yeah. 
Okay, I'll listen to all of them first and I'll vet them and then I'll send you the good ones. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't get anxious. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. They have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Amish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? I don't know, just write it on Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? It's probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audiobook will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? 
I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. <laughs> my teeny little wooden heart. Well, his teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 